0: Good morning, everybody. My name's Dougal, Senior Minister here at St Jude's. If I've not met you before, I look forward to meeting you over morning tea a little later on. Um, we're partway through a series, as Roger said, looking at what it means for us to be the church. Um, we're talking today about God's people gathered, and if you want to follow along, there's a sermon outline inside your church bullet, and that's roughly where we'll be headed this morning. While you're looking for that, um, you might know the actor and movie producer, Woody Allen, He's always good for a quote. He once said that 80% of success is turning up. He's been asked about that many times since, and he's gone on to describe it this way. Even on the days when you don't feel like it, showing up can make all the difference. Now, before you speed dial the bishop, um, just relax. We're not going to take our life lessons from Woody Allen this morning. All I'm (laughs) suggesting is that he's on to something. There's a a sentiment here, there's a a truism, we might even say, that success, whatever that means, integral to that success includes the basic element of turning up. So when it comes to identifying the hallmarks of healthy, vibrant, energetic, effective, we might even say successful Christian community, we're going to see today from God's word that turning up, as it were, is critical. As we continue our series thinking about what it means for us to be the church that is God's people gathered. What does it look like for us to be part of God's people gathered, his community? That is to say, what's the difference between our gathering and let's say, for example, the Lions Club or Probus or Rotary or you put in your favourite community group. We're going to see that we are a gathered people. A people gathered by God to be a unique, increasingly Jesus-shaped community. That's God's project. A community where each person takes responsibility for spurring one another on. And all the more as we see the day of the Lord Jesus approaching. But that's only something we can achieve under God if we turn up. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to take a closer look at Hebrews chapter 10. Why don't you join me as I lead us in prayer. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, we do pause to give you thanks that you speak to us most clearly through your Son. We ask now that... According to the ministry of your Spirit, as we consider your word, would you guide us in all truth so that we would see the Lord Jesus more clearly and honour him with our faith and obedience? For the good of one another and for the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, point number one. by God for community. I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 10. It's going to be really helpful if you follow along. I'm going to begin at verse 19. And as it was last week, so too this week, the imagery being used here is of the Old Testament Jerusalem temple. That's the word picture. Chapter 10, verse 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, that is confidence to enter into God's presence, how? By the blood of Jesus, verse 20, by a new and living way, living because Jesus is risen from the dead. We have this confidence, so verse 20, this new and living way open for for us through the curtain. We sang about that in our second song, the curtain that was torn in two at the moment of Jesus' death. And since, verse 21, we have a great priest over the house of God, Jesus himself. Since we have this confidence, verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Now, that's a dense passage. That's all one sentence. But by way of summary, let me say this simply. Whatever we're going to talk about today regarding the topic of Christian community, these verses remind us that Christian community begins with God doing something for us. Remember, the church is God's idea. It's his project through which he brings glory to his son, the Lord Jesus. God is the one bringing people into community and through his sin-bearing sacrifice, the Lord Jesus is the one who makes this community possible. And it's on that basis, verse 22, you'll see the encouragement draw near to God. It's both a loving invitation and a call to action at the same time. Draw near to God. The way is open. And I want you to look with me carefully because at every point, the community spoken about here is talked about in the plural so verse 19 therefore brothers and sisters since we have confidence to enter the most holy place look at verse 22 let us draw near to god look at verse 23 let us hold to the hope we profess and so practically speaking then what this means is that the christian life is by necessity a life lived out in community We've been saved into community. And so the Bible, you'll find no support for the point of view that says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. There is no support for that. In in fact, that line is a complete misunderstanding of what God has done in and for you. You've been saved into community. Now, if I might bring that even closer to home, I press the point just a little more, in his wisdom, God has drawn you individually, yes, into his community, but also into this local expression of his eternal community. You're here for a purpose. He has drawn you here. I might say this is your family. And so while there are going to be similarities, the nature and the fabric of this community should be different to any other community group or volunteer organisation. So, look, I like cricket, so on occasions I've joined a cricket club. I like netball, I played indoor netball, believe it or not. It might be the same for a car club, it'd be the same for a book club, it'd be the same for a political party. My interests, you might say, lead me to join a particular community. And as long as I fulfil my obligations, as long as I pay my fees, while well, I'm a member. And so, for example, I um, used to belong to the Davistown RSL. I joined to get the member discount on schnitzel Tuesday. Get witty with a schnitty, so they said. So I did. I belong to the NRMA. Why? Because my dad told me to be a good idea, and it's proven to be. Christian community, on the other hand, that's very different because it has a completely different foundation you might remember from last week 1 Peter 2 who are we you are a chosen people chosen it was god's idea to bring you into his family it's god's wisdom that he's drawn you here into this local expression of his eternal family and as for the membership fees well they've been paid for you and just as well because you couldn't afford it verse 19 therefore brothers and sisters since we have confidence to enter the most holy place how by the blood of jesus so you can see can't you christian community begins with god doing something for us he calls us he qualifies us he invites us and like Every other family, God's family, has particular characteristics. There's a shape to his community. Now, look, most Saturday mornings, you're going to find my family up at Fagan Park. We um, participate in what has become a global phenomenon called park run. Now, I'm aware when I say that it makes me sound far more athletic than I might appeal. More accurately, I go to the park and I run a bit. But for our family, that's a way of doing something active together and it's a way for us to commit, to meet people in our community, to connect. But I have to say, while I'm a member of the Park Run family, I'm a pretty flaky member. I'm pretty flaky because to a large extent, I turn up on my terms and well, if it's raining, I've run in the rain, once if it's too hot i'm pretty flaky but then last week i noticed something something that i think by analogy illustrates the pattern and the 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 sense of what's being described in verses 24 and following just have a look at those verses with me 24 and let us consider we're told how we that's you me, we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Here's what I noticed. From November through to mid-January, I turned up to parkrun every week. Every week I turned up. At one stage, I even achieved a personal best. It wasn't very good, but that's personal. And having turned up consistently week in, week out, I started connecting with people. We got invited to join a group for breakfast one morning. But then in mid-January, something happened. Life got in the way. And I missed five weeks. Now, when I returned, as well as recording an embarrassingly slow time, even for me, I felt much less connected. People were friendly, and those who remembered me by name still greeted me, but through my absence, the level of relational connectedness had deteriorated. Oh, there's no need to do a social study on that i'd been absent and my relationships had suffered now when it comes to something like parkrun who cares that's neither here nor there but when it comes to god's people the stakes could hardly be higher look at verse 24 again let us consider we're being asked to think how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together Verse 25, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is saying that church, and by that we mean, do you remember, God's people gathered, that's what we mean when we use the word church. We're being asked to consider how we may spur one another on. And so the pattern being laid down here, or the culture that we're aiming for is one where we collectively look towards the needs of others, such that our individual needs for love and community and security and validation, they will be addressed one to another. That's what we're aiming for. And it's at this point that you and I might need to unlearn a couple of unhelpful habits that we've picked up from the air we breathe in our culture that individualistic consumer culture where everything's about me, to say nothing of the selfishness that resides in my own heart. So, tell you what I did? I made up a parody of verses 24 and 25. And I want you to follow along in your Bible to spot the difference. Verse 24. This is my version. And Lord, would you kindly lead people especially the minister, to consider how they may spur others on toward love and good deeds so that my preferences might be rightly prioritised. Verse 25, not giving up meeting with me unless I get a better offer, but encouraging others to observe my needs so that I might maybe bless this church again with my presence and all the more as next Sunday approaches. That's a parody, but it doesn't take much imagination, does it? To see how this kind of attitude might quickly erode any sense of community. And we've got to admit, church communities aren't perfect. Gosh, you bring enough people together, no disrespect intended, but enough forgiven sinners together, and what do you expect? Of course, it's not going to be a perfect community, which makes the beginning of verse 24 even more important. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. How, under God, might we create this kind of culture? That's what we're being asked to consider. What might it look like if I speak individually now for you personally to spur someone on? Have you ever thought about church in those terms? That we are here for one another. Well, as if to anticipate the question, we're giving two practical suggestions, one in the negative, one in the positive, verse 24. Let's consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How? Well, firstly, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Now, some of you have been around long enough to remember completing the National Church Life Survey. Do you remember that? We do it every few years. It's a really helpful thing for us to do. Let me ask you this question, because... In the National Church Life Survey, it's put to people to rank what does a regular attendance look like. So you tell me, what does regular attendance look like, I wonder? What's your benchmark? And bear in mind, I know what it's like on your side of the pulpit. I was a pew sitter for 20 years before I went into ministry. I know the temptation of rolling over and going back to sleep, and perhaps some of you are regretting your decision, but here we are. In any case, if we allow for holidays, beach mission, visiting a friend's church, a roadblock because of a storm, being sick, that compulsory family occasion that you just can't miss, being on call, travelling for work. You put all of those caveats together, and let me come back to the question, what would regular attendance look like if we said 80 percent that would be 41 weeks out of 52 and I've got to say that's a very very solid result what would it look like for example if we came two-thirds of the time well now we're turning up 34 weeks out of 52 we're away from church roughly four months of the year Do you know, I'm led to believe this is correct, that the benchmark for classifying somebody who is regular attending a church, according to the National Church Life Survey, is 50%. That means you're away for six months of the year and you're still considered regular. Well, I guess there is regular. You could come once a year and be regular, couldn't you? But I don't think that's the pattern of Hebrews 10. Now, we're not Pharisees. Please don't mishear me at this point. We are not legalists. We're not the kind of people who say, well, you must come to church in order to be saved, much less to be godly. That's not what I'm saying. But based on what we've read in Hebrews 10 so far, I'd have to say that 50%, that's a concerning statistic, isn't it? How can I spur my brothers and sisters on if I'm away for six months of the year? I wouldn't know their names, most likely. And So if someone feels disconnected at church, the answer cannot be to disengage, right? Because that would be a negative feedback loop. I feel disconnected, so I disengage. Now, that can't be the answer, and if only because verse 25 tells us that we're not in the business of giving up meeting together. Because remember what I said earlier, in his wisdom, God has called you into his community and he's drawn you into this local expression of his community so instead of disengaging if you're feeling disconnected can I suggest maybe take the initiative on the basis of Hebrews 10 why don't you lead others by your example consider to yourself how might I spur someone on this week how can I do it and by the way the word translated here spur on could easily read provoke and we think of provocation in the negative don't we but it doesn't have to be It's a sense of outdoing, of provoking one another to love and good deeds. And I wonder what that would look like. I'll tell you what it would look like if we were that concerned for the needs of our brothers and sisters, that we would spur them on to love and good deeds. It would look like the pattern laid down in Mark 10, speaking of our Lord Jesus, the one who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life. And building this kind of culture might just start with something as simple as spotting someone at morning tea, not a relative, and saying, look, I'm really pleased to see you. Can you tell me about your week? What happened? How can I be supporting you? That's pretty simple. And imagine if 25 of us took on that challenge this week. If we did, I reckon we'd be going a long way towards building the sort of relational connectedness that's being described in Hebrews 10. Imagine if we all took on that challenge. I'm really glad you're here. I'm so pleased to see you. Can you tell me about your week? Is there a way I can be supporting you? Because under God, we can only succeed, and I use that word, Carefully. We can only succeed in building a culture like this if together we adopt the ministry of turning up. I hesitate to return to the words of Woody Allen, unless I give them an importance they don't deserve. But even on the last, even on your worst days when you don't feel like it, showing up can make all the difference. And so, as this local expression of God's people gathered here, endure let's consider how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching it's the ministry of turning up i'm going to pray as we finish Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks for your patient love towards us. By grace, you have shown us mercy in the Lord Jesus. You've adopted us into your family. You've given us forgiveness for sin and hope for eternal life. And you've drawn us into your kingdom and you've given us roles to play would you train us according to your word that we would spur one another on and all the more as we see the day of the Lord Jesus Christ approaching. And Father, we pray that in his name. Amen. Amen.